everybody. Thank you for tuning into Poise No Regret, where we say it like we mean it, we mean it like we say it, and we agree to disagree in love. So I wanted to come to you all today just to talk to you about a topic that's really been bothering me the past few weeks. Um, Just in the media, we've had so many recent, just blatant displays of domestic violence um, that have resulted in loss of life or serious injuries. And I'm just, it's frustrating to see and to know that something can be done in the public eye or someone could have already made a report, had a temporary protective order, um, have made the legal and the the correct, um, not even assessment, but they've reached out for help and they've still not received the type of assistance or or justice um, that they needed to protect themselves. And I'll talk about a few different scenarios that we've seen in the media just in the past few weeks um, that have really been disturbing. And I'm hoping that are starting to trigger um, the minds of those who are in law enforcement and the policymakers um, in the U.S. to make some changes. Um, and it can start on a local level, and it, it might have to start, you know, in a, in a grassroots sense or in the community, which is where a lot of change occurs. It starts in the community, but we have to start having these conversations and we have to get candid and um, expose some of the, the the negative ways of thinking as well as the ways of um, acting that have no longer, they just don't serve us anymore. They're, they're, we're seeing that they no longer fit um, in today's society. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, But first, the first story that caught my eye or my attention, and is so sad and hits close to home because of the work that this young lady did. Uh, She was actually a licensed counselor. And this is Drew Carey's ex-fiance. We know Drew Carey from his work on television and being in the media. His ex-fiance was murdered in her home by her ex-boyfriend, someone that she had already filed a temporary protective order on that already has been in trouble for um, stalking and abusing her. And and she did um, make the report. And everybody's not able to make a report, but um, she did. And this might be the, the... you know, exception to the rule. A lot of times when a woman makes a report or a man um, makes a report, please don't feel discouraged in that, um, you know, that because you do that something really will happen or that somebody's going to retaliate because oftentimes um, it, it is for your protection and it does make a difference. Um, but there are those Exceptions. There are those times when a, a victim will make a report and because there's no additional follow through or, you know, honestly, 
sometimes you just the security's not there or you just you just don't know you sometimes you can't control if somebody's not in a controlled environment you you cannot control their behavior and it's just really really sad it's one of those things that you know no one saw coming no one knew it was going to happen i mean it's not like she wasn't well educated or well versed in um mental health because again she was a counselor and so it's not that she didn't have any education and she didn't know um because sometimes people will will victim shame and blame and say that well she should have done this or she should have done that or she you know she didn't know this or she didn't and it's not that it's just that you just cannot control the behaviors of an abusive person however i'm just wondering if again if we had some sort of policy in place that when he was released i don't know if he served a lot of time or you know once the temporary protective order was lifted or you know even if it was was whether it was or not excuse me whether the the order was lifted or not i just wonder if there is any follow-up that occurs once it's filed and in the year after um or two or three or even five years after um checking in with these um these abusers to see what it is that they're doing to monitor them as well as even hold them accountable in a sense of maybe they need to report some type of probation um system i don't know what it needs to be but something just to um just to follow through because so many times people do make reports and again it's not it's not the common um so don't let that discourage you if you know anyone i mean i honestly the victim knows um and and has to do what's best for them in their situation so you really can't advise and tell somebody what's best for them however i do feel like um the, the, the exception to the rule should not discourage them from making a report because it's not the norm that um, that this happens. You know, it's sad when it does happen, but the reality is, is that it happens and that we need to make sure that um, we take every single um, survivor story seriously you know, and in that just creating some sort of system and it may not, it may not be the thing that keeps this from happening forever and all the time, but I'm just wondering if it would help if there was some sort of accountability system that checks in on an abusive personality or, or behavior or person who has committed an an abusive crime um even after their temporary protective order has been dropped even after they have been released from prison or jail or whatever it is they finish their community service is there a check-in afterwards um so that was one story that just was so sad to me i mean in her own home she was minding her business she you know she may have had we don't know what her plans were um you know that night or the next day just to think it's just so sad um and so that's one of the stories that really um in the past few weeks that just caught my attention and my prayers go out to the family and, and friends of amy um we will remember her now the second story that that still oh my gosh it is so unsettling and it's so 
I mean, it's really just, it's, it's almost asinine. Like, you can't believe that people are so controlling that they think that they can do something in, in plain sight and then tell you that you didn't see it. <laughs> um, and it happens every day, unfortunately. But some of you know that the boxer, Gervonta, his child's mother, Dreda, was minding her business at a game she was out with what appeared to be there was another male to the left of her and a female to the right of her and here comes um little Gervonta he's tiny but he packs a mean punch and we know that because his hands are registered weapons he's a he's a fighter he is a boxer he is he can kill someone okay with his strength um so here he comes waltzing in to this auditorium where his child's mother is and there are children their families there's a whole i mean there's thousands of people in the surrounding and he walks in with two other guys snatches his child's mother up yokes her up pushes her or turns her around very aggressively and almost pulls her while she's what like not even giving her an opportunity really to 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 I mean get her bearing straight I mean he's he's pulling her and then pushes her um out of the auditorium and thank goodness it was caught on video because it was so aggressive that you knew that if he did this type of or or participated in this type of behavior in public you can only imagine what he does behind closed doors and of course what he says immediately on social media afterwards is i am not abusive of course sure it was aggressive but it's not that serious and nobody i'm i'm so happy nobody was falling for that that especially not the prosecutors <laughs> um they they filed charges on him and i'm glad that they did and i don't know whether or not she made a report as well i saw a statement um stating that with the cooperation um or with the evidence as well as the cooperation of his child's mother that they were able to press charges and she does have a temporary protective order i just hope that she's able to um rebuild her life um aside from him even though I know that you know they have a child together figuring out a custody arrangement or agreement but that she does not go back um because anybody who exhibits that type of volatile behavior in front of people is dangerous and um a lot of the comments in the social media in the box they were so disturbing to me um in the chats i just wanted to kind of see what feel or feel and check the temperature um some of the comments were well what did she do to make him act that way well we don't know who she was with and what they did the day before to make him that angry he probably doesn't hit her. He just was upset. And none of those things make any sense to me, of course, because I'm so on the far end of the spectrum. But even if I were to have a little bit of 
there was a balance. There was some sort of understanding that, you know, and I could see the glass halfway full. In this scenario, I just cannot. Um, there's nothing that warrants somebody coming into an, an area. So, because you, if you know where the person is, you had to search. <laughs> you had to get in your car. This was not anything that was just spur of the moment this was something that was premeditated on his behalf he got himself into a car transported himself to wherever this arena was that she was got out of the car walked in and then did what he did so it wasn't that he didn't have time to cool himself off or think about it no um so there's nothing that she could have done that warranted warranted his reaction and i don't really care what it was she did and, and why are we assuming that she did something? <laughs> um, that's one. Number two, how do we know for sure that he's not abusive when what we saw was abusive? The questions that people have, well, we don't, we don't know that he hits her behind closed doors. Well, he probably just grabbed her. Why are we so quick to just minimize somebody's behavior? Okay, maybe we don't know. But what we do know is what we saw. And what we saw was aggressive. But why do we have to discount, um, oh, well, we don't know that he does this behind closed doors. So what happened is, is negated because of that? No, it still happened. It still very much happened. So I just, it's its one of those things that, but getting back to policy, I think that there not, should, should only not be a, a charge for what he did to his child's mother because that was, that was highly um, inappropriate among other things. But there needs to be some additional charge added on um, for people who have no problem abusing folks um, in front of children and elderly individuals. I don't think that that's okay. Um, I, because I think that that is a form of trauma. Um, some Everybody's not used to abuse. Everybody hasn't seen abuse. So I would be upset if I was sitting in somebody's arena and I saw a, a guy come in and just start hitting his child's mother or picking her up yelling at her you know pushing her grabbing her pulling her I would be upset because I then have to explain that to my son or daughter you know and that's that's not okay I mean and granted other people aren't responsible for my child or my children and how you know they view and see things and, and shape their perceptions I am responsible for that but what I'm saying is that is traumatic for a child so you know people and parents should be able to explain things to their children um, on their own terms and not because somebody else doesn't have the self-control um, that they need and or that they should have especially when they and I mean I'm telling you this man has a daughter like so many men who have daughters that and I don't understand how it is so easy um for them to say things and do misogynistic things but then on the other on the other hand um, say nobody better not ever treat my child this way you're showing your child how 
she should be treated okay um and i'm not saying that there's not any help and there's not any hope but people you know they have to be intentional about receiving the help and so um i'm not judging this young man i'm not i'm not i don't know what he went through and how he got to be who he is um that's all real um however it does not excuse his controlling behavior and his abusive behavior Uh uh-uh and and i'm not getting ready to sit up here because of who he is and say that it's excusable because it's not so we need to look at you know policy again i think in some ways could could help um could help victims but also let's let's put these consequences in place that need to be in place you not only uh, abused your child's mother your child wasn't there but there were hundreds of other children there who saw you and what you did and you need to be held accountable for your behavior um there are a few more stories that happen and I, I won't go into detail I mean we just to say the names um Anitra Gunn she was a college student in Georgia her ex-boyfriend murdered her um Australian rugby player Rowan Baxter he created or um, committed a murder suicide actually killed his wife and his children and then killed himself um Nashville star Hayden Penetier her boyfriend Brian Hickerson went to um jail or she made a report about him um allegedly that he uh, 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 assaulted her um, it was around Valentine's Day and so we just we just had report after report after report these past few weeks that have just been so um, sad and yes I mean it's a good thing that they're being reported um, that people are being called that some of these incidents are videoed maybe on the on the bright side if there is one um, because it does lead to these discussions and these conversations and lead to education and maybe um, spark an interest in somebody to get involved in some way um, in their community but we just have so much work to do and I think that we need to work together not just media you know posting a, a story but you know we need to parents need to educate their children and we need to hold our, our our men and women accountable. We need to go into our local um, our local magistrates and, and or offices and those officials, those county officials who um, can influence the law or the bills in our cities, in our counties, in our states. We need to be advocating and lobbying for so. Um, what do you all think about this? And and I know it's it's it can be controversial, especially when we get into who's responsible for what, and um, you know just what's perceived as abuse, and um, it's, why do we why do we victimize women even more? Which keeps them from coming out and sharing their stories, because once they do, somebody is quick to point the blame. But what does she do to provoke it? There is no provoking abuse. 
there is no provoking abuse. We are all accountable for our own behaviors. And I'm not talking about physical altercations between friends. I mean, and that's not okay. I'm not promoting violence. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there. we're talking about abusive situations. You know, put your serious thinking cap on and, and think about what it would take um, or how you would feel if your sister or your mother or your brother or your son was in a situation like this um and we just have to do better and everybody can be a part of the solution so again thank you for tuning in to poise no regret where we say it like we mean it we mean it like we say it we agree to disagree in love send me your comments and we'll talk soon